I'm Robin Amler of IBS Intelligence, and you're listening to the IBS iViews podcast. With me is Samir Khan, Managing Director, Asia-Pacific for Codebase Technologies. We're going to begin by talking about open banking in Asia, Samir. What's the framework out there at the moment? What's the regulatory framework? If you look at how things have evolved in Asia-Pacific, it's quite a diverse geography where Hong Kong and Australia have taken a very regulatory approach. Countries like Singapore, Malaysia, and some of the other countries like Thailand and Philippines, they are taking a very market-driven approach. So what they have is a set of protocol around how banks can make use of a framework that's put in place. Now, take the example of Singapore. What Singapore has done, and I think this was before COVID actually hit Singapore, they had some foresight. And what they did was they put in place societal platforms and public infrastructure to help fintechs and financial services institutions to easily consume data, which is made available. So a good example of that would be, and I think from an open banking perspective, the first pain point that open banking sought to solve was as a problem statement payments. What the government did was they laid out an infrastructure for real-time payments. It's called FAST in Singapore. And what banks or fintechs or any payment company had to do was integrate themselves to that platform using APIs and make payments seamlessly available through any channel, be it mobile, be it in the internet, with non-banking entities, banks, customers, rather seamless. And Monetary Authority of Singapore, for example, is four regulators rolled up into one. They govern or not only the banking industry, but insurers, mutual funds, and so on. So it's easier for them having this infrastructure and societal platforms. What that really allows for financial services institutions or how that brings value to them or any fintech that wants to lend is through an API, they can get all the data of an applicant. So with, of course, his consent, when a user would want to avail any product or service from a financial institution, all he has to do is give his identity number and the financial institution could, as much as even pre-populate the onboarding journey for the user, uh, making the whole experience rather seamless and easy where you don't have to key in a lot of data on the phone. And these platforms have helped fintech companies and banks, financial institutions that are into payment services to actually really onboard clients for any product or service very quickly. I take the example of either China or India for practical matter here. Uh, India laid out something called as the UPI or the Universal Payment Interface, which was along the same lines of what Singapore did, but that was a larger project simply because of the size of the country. You ask, you know, what's the thought process around regulation here? Depending upon the country, they either choose to take a market-driven approach or it could be a regulatory push mandated. Now, what really happens, and I just want to speak a little bit about how they differentiate from each other and why do regulators choose an open market-driven or a regulatory-driven approach? I mean, if you look at Hong Kong, it compels all banks to adopt open banking and work on infrastructure or connect on infrastructure, make APIs available, which is not a very cheap exercise in itself. Because it's mandated, they have to comply and they have to make uh, an ecosystem available for people, for the external world to use. Sometimes reluctantly, because 
A, you, you're giving data, you're giving customer data or you're giving transactional data to a third party and banks see that as a risk. So what we saw in Europe, several banks decided to start pushing back and you know the dates started to get extended for complete compliance. And I think it was only end of last year that most of the financial institutions were compliant with GDPR and PST2. It brings about a very similar problem. Certain countries, let's say Singapore here, they're very confident in the way they want to execute this. And in the sense, what they have done, and I just said this earlier, that they've got infrastructure and platforms in place in order to get financial institutions to use the API or use these platforms to get data and thereby exploiting in a way and innovating. So I think, you know, from a from an open banking perspective, I think it solves certain problems and we know what those problems are. And just to refresh people who are listening in today, I think the whole success of open APIs or API-led economy is to solve the problem of inclusion. I mean, inclusion is a big factor depending upon the market, right? Depending upon the country. In country where it's market-driven, I guess the foremost agenda for financial institutions, and that brings us to, you know, probably how digital banks are positioning themselves in the value chain. And, you know, clearly they're solving a problem of inclusion. But I think the topmost problem or topmost agenda for open banking, and I'm seeing that in the region with several in several conversations, is innovation, really. Because a bank might want to, you know, move into a digital transformation journey and make a lot of the services available upfront to a customer, but that's not a very easy journey. And if you look at legacy systems, they're not bad, really. They're designed in a way that they still are providing the best possible service in what those core banking systems really do. Uh, if you look at the cost for customer acquisition for those traditional banks, it's very high. Plus, banks, traditional banks have a different thought process. They want to look at whether maintaining that customer, is it going to be an expensive proposition? So they don't want to see any red, right? Singapore and Malaysia, you will find underbanked people. There's not a large population that's unserved, you know. In Indonesia, yes, it's a huge population. You know, there's a large unserved client base, probably about 20, 25 million of that. But clearly, with innovation, which is the most important aspect that open banking really solves, is to help banks leverage different business models that are being created by new age fintech companies. And all of them start to deliver those solutions by interconnectedness. If we had this conversation 10 or 15 years back, the biggest question would be, how do you integrate and the cost of integration? Because then you would have to put in a lot of time and resources to connect two systems. You know, if you just take the virtual cards, you would have to talk to the bank, then talk to the card management system. You have to talk to Visa and Master, uh, card processing people. But now through APIs, it's very easy and very quick to go live. There's sandboxes, which banks have you know, set up for fintechs and non-fintech providers as well to access financial services data to upsell and create new products. So I think there is clearly a strong need for banks to adopt open APIs and get into the API economy to ensure that they are innovative through partnerships. They reduce cost because it's just consuming APIs and having that ecosystem which code base helps banks to achieve that very quickly.
what are customer attitudes and how much of that attitude towards these new services or new ways of accessing services have been affected by the impact of COVID? COVID has only accelerated digital transformation. But prior to 2020, early 2020, when COVID had not even hit, banks had embarked on this digital transformation journey. Customer acquisition for a bank is a very important indicator on a month-on-month basis. The, The leadership is always reviewed on how many customers they're acquiring. The process is very complicated. There's a lot of friction. With COVID, there was no chance of having friction in these interactions, right? So no branch visits, no proof of life checks. Everything had to be made available remotely. We are an aggregator of enabled services. So we have, uh, you know, 470 plus APIs that can actually completely build a new bank. You know, what is a new bank? Probably a new bank, in my mind, is a bank that does not require a regulatory uh, license. They don't need a banking license. They ride on a bank's existing license. So they're, they're a digital arm. They can be completely branded differently. If your business proposition is to become the next LexisNexis, you need the infrastructure and Codebase becomes the right place to go to get that whole stack rather than you know build everything on your own. You mentioned a couple of the ways Codebase itself is offering yes. solutions when you were yes. speaking a moment ago. Where's the company driving towards? What are the key solutions you're working on now? From an Asia-Pacific perspective, there is onboarding, and I've, I've spoken a lot about that today, and seamless onboarding. We call it instant onboarding. We believe that banks can make the right use of technology stack, uh, which we have. We, we have a proprietary stack, and, and they can take advantage of that. And they might have an onboarding solution in place. So we're not really asking financial banks, let's say, to rip and replace. But what we're saying is, that we understand the onboarding journey, we'll work with you to help your product or help your interface or your mobile banking onboarding engine. We'll help to transform it into one seamless application experience. So from the time, you know, when the person downloads an application, let's say he wants to apply for a loan or wants to open an account with HSBC, you know, and he can go onto a website and drop the app and the app would be able to pick up information using APIs at the back end. So there's a lot of financial plumbing that happens behind. It's already been done. We already have made that competency available on the app. So all the customer has to really do is adopt the app and it will create for a seamless experience, right? So that's one very large area. I mean, you know, financial services and for every product that the bank proposes to sell, they have to do an onboarding. You know, they have to onboard that customer into that product engagement, right? Let's let's put it that way. So whether it's cards, whether it's loans, whether it's insurance, it's a new product entry, right? A new onboarding journey. So to make that seamless, we use, you know, our platform does this very seamlessly, picking up data from different silos, even from public, as I said, public infrastructure, societal platforms, and the data that the bank has, and make the journey shorter. From the conversations I have, that's an exciting place where Codebase is in, uh, which is a clear differentiator from a lot of other products out there in the market. I spoke about open APIs and what Codebase has as a plat- is a platform called Fintegrator, which is a collection of, I mean, at this stage, we have about 470 plus APIs that actually do everything for you. I mean, for a financial services institution, pretty much 
can convert the bank to or, or make the bank into a digital bank or digital front with all the APIs that we have. So it does fraud, it has KYC, it does AML, it does payments, it takes care of you know, your CASA accounts and interaction between the legacy system and your front-end system. And we've done this very successfully with traditional banks like Quay Finance House and Jazeel, which is the digital arm of Quay uh, Finance House in Bahrain. We aim to do that in, in this geography as well. There's a lot of conversation around digitalization and the best way to digitalize today. You know, people talk about cloud, AI, and so on. I think the best way is really API-driven. You know, we, we target, I mean, in internal conversations, we speak about, you know, the team says that we should be ready with more than 800 APIs by the end of the year. I mean, that's an enormous amount of effort that Codebase is putting in so that the bank does not have to create their own teams and start building those APIs. So all they have to do is talk to us and we can create the entire innovation lab for them so that they can exercise these APIs and see how they would create new products and services on board people very quickly, seamlessly, and really show the power of digital innovation, which is what we do best. Samir Khan, Managing Director, Asia Pacific of Codebase Technologies, thank you very much.